Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. podcast on the athletic network it's friday march 12th this is the drop hashtag full squad i'm je skeets rolling today with mr what you need to know tass mellis good morning everybody good morning tassie we also got my top shot hot boy trey kirby hey yo We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, looking like the machine, Sasa Vujicic right now, Lee Ellis. Yeah, friends, yeah. Listen, I can't move my head this entire show, okay? I've got, uh, I had to MacGyver this together to keep my headphones together this morning, but I cannot move my head or else it'll fall apart completely, so. Okay. And uh, last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. You couldn't go grab some new headphones this morning, Lee? Just snap Uh, the cards? just wasn't the the shop wasn't open near my house no, that the definitely <laughs> you could have gone to target about eight o'clock in the morning if you wanted to but uh, guess not best buy opens pretty late i will say best buy yeah late opener okay. but target yeah. definitely open walmart definitely, definitely open. open walgreens can't get them there but uh, you, yeah you had options Okay. Yeah, I got Sorry. one. I figured it out. You know, I made it work. <laughs> Will you have new headphones by Monday morning? Uh, I would say 80% yes. Okay. 80% <laughs> chance I will, yes. Can't right. guarantee it, though. No. No. no you can't. No. Okay. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Continue to like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. And much love to everybody who joined us last night for the NBA Happy Hour. Had some fun hanging out during the second half of the uh, Celtics-Nets game, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, keep your questions and your comments coming for the next Beach Steppin' Podcast next week. We haven't stepped on the beach in a while, so email your questions into nodunksattheathletic.com. And immaculate items always available at nodunks.com. We got the hoodies and the t-shirts and the shorts and hats and stuff like that. Maybe we'll have to work on some new headphones, add them to the store. <laughs> yeah, there we go, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're going to get to last night's games. We got worst of the week. We've got, you know, tweet of the night. We got a bunch of stuff here on the drop, as we always do. But I wanted to start, guys. With some big news from this week, um, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, as it goes by, announced this week nine players and five coaches as finalists to be considered for election in 2021. This year's list includes, among others, um, some WNBA stars and coaches, but just the players, the NBA players we're looking at right here, two-time NBA champ, 11-time All-Star Chris Bosh. You got five-time NBA champ and defensive ace Michael Cooper. You got... NBA Finals MVP and 10-time All-Star Paul Pierce. you got five-time All-Star Tim Hardaway. You've got a, a, an iconic uh, legend of the college game uh, and then a pretty damn good NBA player, too. I believe five-time All-Star, or maybe it was it three, Marquise Johnson. you got four-time Defensive Player of the Year Ben Wallace and five-time NBA All-Star Chris Webber. So those are, again, the NBA players 
up for the possibility of being enshrined. I think sometimes people see this list, guys, and they go, oh, they're in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. It's weirded, <laughs> it's weirded oddly, right? But it's like, no, they're just, they made it to the final stage it as a it. finalist. They got to um, change the wording. They, they I know. They I, I, I sort of hate it, too. But we'll go through these, uh, you know, sort of one by one. And let's just start with Chris Bosch, Tass, and you can get us started. Is he an absolute lock for the Hall of Fame this year? Because it's his second year on the ballot. He obviously didn't get in last year. What do you think? Chris Bosch is a Hall of Famer. He's got to make it this year. And this one, it kind of kind of hits me right in the heart, you know, being a, a Raptors fan, being there since day one. This is one of these guys that I was up close and personal watching him from day one. I'm not sure if I had tickets to game <laughs> one for him, but I was there. And he was a scrawny kid that obviously was incredible offensively. He could take anybody off the bounce, even if he was you know, 6'10 and 6'11. He was quicker than other people. Uh, he got bigger. His, his offensive game was polished. He was a 2010 guy. The defense was a question mark. And then he became an incredible defensive player that was able to be the key a center uh, on a championship team with the Miami Heat. And, and I bring the Heat up because uh, Udonis Haslam this week uh, said, you know, when, when the, this announcement was made, Everybody, he said, everybody mentions LeBron and Dwayne Wade when they talk about the Miami Heat championships first, and then Chris Bosh is third. Mm-hmm. But, a, but everybody in the locker room knows, according to Udonis Haslam, that Chris Bosh was the key to that team. Now, obviously, they don't, they don't win it with LeBron and Wade, but there's one of Bosh being a, you know, a big uh, who is able to help out defensively, and there's you know, a couple of LeBron and Wade. So I understand where, where Udonis Haslam is going with, but he was great on both ends. He took a back seat offensively to those guys. And, and I mentioned the defensive side of the ball because he was great offensively. Then he became everything he could be defensively. So I kind of find it hard to believe that he wouldn't get in. It just, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense to me. He was a, a perfect player uh, on a championship team as a, you know, a slight complimentary guy. But don't you want the top two or three guys on a championship team in the Hall of Fame? I mean, it only makes sense. I guess the argument against him is his career was too short. Uh, I mean, it's, but that's a little crazy to me. There's lots of guys uh, with lesser accomplishments and shorter careers than Chris Bosh. And Chris Bosh, you know, he didn't he didn't fall out of the league because he got fat or anything. I mean, he had a life threatening disease, so he had to stop playing the game. He he became Chris Bosh like a Bosh deserves to be standing, making a speech up there. I, I think he became the perfect basketball player for what he was. Everybody asked, get bigger. Get, get better defensively. Chris Bosh answered all that, and he was awesome offensively. So I'm not sure why he wouldn't get in. I'm not sure he, why he wasn't in last year. I think the only reason he probably doesn't make it last year is because the Hall of Fame just wanted to keep it sort of iconic, I guess is the best way to put it, with the three NBA players that were inducted, right, in Garnett, Duncan, and Kobe. Um, so they, for whatever reason, thought, you know, is Bosh on that level? No, I think we would all agree with that. So they were like, okay, let's just leave it there and – and push him back a year. I'm with you. I think he gets that's in weird. this year. That's that's weird to me. What a class has to be a certain kind of class. Like why? Well, he's I think a there's a whole lot of things weird about the yeah. basketball, <laughs> basketball fame. So no yeah, it doesn't surprise me yeah. uh, if they thought that way. But I'm with you. Like he's like nearly. He's really close to like a 20 point per game score over his career, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, I think the one thing that maybe people look at him Lee and go, and it actually always shocks me because he's 11 time All Star. That he only made one All NBA team is just—it's just weird in a, in a weird way. But I don't think that'll uh, ultimately keep him out of the Hall of Fame. What do you think? 
Yeah, outside of the 11 all-star appearances, he really doesn't have any individual accolades there apart from that one second team back in 2007. Like, never Defensive Player of the Year, obviously never really close to MVP either, anything like that. Does that count against him? Perhaps it does, uh, because I think he is looked at as the third wheel of those Heat championships. But to me, I believe he does uh, belong in the Hall of Fame. I think he had a fantastic career for what he for what he played, and, and it was cut short. So he missed out on a couple of years there to sort of pad his numbers to get him in there. But uh, overall, I think uh, I think he's done enough to get in. And, and I think, you know, if you do watch those uh, those Heat championships, do they win them without Chris Bosh? Perhaps. No, Perhaps they no. do. Oh, you think they I do? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to know exactly. But uh, when he did come back against the Celtics in that, uh, I think it was that first championship season, he, he was really good because he missed a lot of the playoffs then. So uh, I, I think he gets in. I can see a case for him not being in, but I, I really don't think it's a strong case. I think he's got a much stronger case of, of being in the Hall of Fame. And I do ultimately think he gets in. Um, I, I guess, yeah, this year, I suppose. I mean, who knows? They can come back, of course, like Weber and uh, Tim Hardaway. You do have a couple of other cracks at it, but... I think he probably gets in. Trey, what do you think? I think y'all nailed it. Chris Bosh is an easy Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star. That gets you in right there. I think Basketball Reference has his probability at 99%. Skeets, I think you nailed it too. The only reason he's not in already is because he came up for enshrinement last year with Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. I think that as Chris Bosh and Paul Pierce, we're going to get to in just a second here, are probably the two biggest names on the All-Star ballot this Mm -hmm. year. So I think he he's an easy choice this season. And it's crazy to think that, like Tass is saying, when his career started, we're like, get in the post, Chris Bosh. Play some defense, Chris Bosh. As it turned out, playing on the perimeter and being a defender who can switch amongst all positions is exactly what NBA big men should have been doing. Chris Bosh, despite being an 11-time All-Star and having a Hall of Fame quality career, he would probably be even better if he were able to be playing today if his career started in 2013. Yeah. Uh, as compared to 2000, was he 2003 draft? What draft yeah, was he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if he were able to, uh, if he were able to start 10 years later, he would probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer easily because uh, you know he's the exact exactly what you wanted from a big man in today's NBA. He was just doing it 10 years ahead of time. And as uh, our friend Irwin points out, I'll show it here for everyone on the stream team. Um, he should get in for just yeah. being uh, an all-star shooting stars <laughs> totally. legend alone, Chris Bosh. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was like iconic in the event. So yeah. put him in there. Okay, we all think he's in, and he will ultimately get picked uh, as one of the official, um, you know, in Chinese into the Hall of Fame soon coming up here. But let's hear from you guys with all of these, with all of these. Because um, I know that some people will say, nah, he doesn't. You know, like you're saying, like the... You know, the, he's the third banana on a t- on a great team. You know, he's he's in the East. Like, are his numbers like that impressive? People will do that, but I think you're a little crazy not to have him in there. Okay, next one is Paul Pierce. Lee, you get us uh, started with this one. Is Paul Pierce a Hall of Fame lock here uh, in his first go at it? Uh, unfortunately, he is. Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll, I will just have a little disclaimer. Not a big Paul Pierce fan, but uh, I respect what he did for the Celtics and for the uh, for the game because. He won a championship ultimately with Boston, and he was the finals MVP that season as well, which I think does carry some weight. Now, he only got the one championship there, but he was a four-time All-NBA player, 10-time All-Star, uh, and as I mentioned there, the, the thing. But he also 26,000 points. Yep. So he, he's getting in alone on that. Uh, you know, but uh, Paul Pierce, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys that uh, he was a bit controversial. Some people didn't like him, like me, but I do absolutely respect his ability 
uh, to continue to perform at a high level for so long. And, of course, he killed the Raptors a couple of times. He had some big playoff <laughs> moments. Uh, but, yeah, he has the accolades, and uh, I really can't see a case for why he wouldn't get in. You know, is it this season? I mean, sure, maybe, maybe not, but I think he does ultimately get in. Uh, he, he had a very, very good uh, long career, and, and getting that championship and that finals MVP, if he didn't have those, he probably still gets in anyway simply because of the points mm-hmm. and the All-NBA and the, uh, and the uh, all, NBA All-Star accolades as well. But uh, that really makes it hard to keep him out. So he deserves it. Even if he's not my favorite player of all time, uh, he's in for sure. Tash, do you agree? <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree on all counts. I guess the only reason why he wouldn't get in is because he's some people's not favorite player. <laughs> because he's down on, <laughs> down on some people's list. But yeah, all the accolades are there. I, I guess the question everyone brings up, because he had such a long run uh, of not going deep into the playoffs before Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen got there, everyone questions, well, if those other guys aren't there, he doesn't win the championship and maybe he's just not that good. Well, like Tracy McGrady didn't get anywhere close either, but he was a great player. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Paul Pierce did a lot more than Tracy McGrady did in terms of longevity, in terms of points scored. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I kind of liken it to that because everybody out there just wants to bring Paul Pierce down, you know, and 26,000 points. He is makes just, it easy, though, doesn't he? Like, he makes part, it easy to yeah, not it, like him. <laughs> and his, and his, I mean, his post-playing career on the on the desk has nothing to do with what he did on the uh, on the floor. If you don't like his uh, his style with the shades on ESPN's desk, I mean, I get no, it. I just mean in general, just like he because he, he, he wanted out of Boston. He said, I trade me. And then instead, Danny Ainge got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Then he said, ah, Celtic for life, you know, kissing the leprechaun <laughs> on the center court. Like, That's all right, like, man. Uh, Kobe tried Kobe to leave the Lakers, say, too. Yeah, I know, I know. Everybody I know. gets upset. Michael Jordan was almost the Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. I, I'm just saying, though, like, th- those are the sorts of things that I, you know, that annoyed me about him is, is how he was like, I'm done, I'm out of Boston. And then he's like, no, Celtic for life. And then he ends up on the Wizards and the Nets and the Clippers in the end anyway. But again, that that's just a personal feeling towards the guy. I, I respect his basketball game and, uh, and, and the accolades and the achievements. I mean, there's no question. And, and what you're talking about there, Tass, you know, like uh, not really going too far in the playoffs before those other guys came along. Certainly by winning that finals MVP sort of makes up for the rest of that, if you ask me. You know, Dirk only won the one championship and he got finals MVP. You know, similar sort of career in, in, mm-hmm. in ways. Uh, but at, once you get that and you have that sort of validation, not that you necessarily need it, I think it's uh, it's hard to keep a guy like that out of the Hall of Fame. Trey, you're, you're agreeing, I think, with Paul Pierce being a first ballot, I guess, Hall of Famer. Oh, no doubt. I think this is a super easy choice. I think that he, if you take away the finals MVP and the championship, He's an easy Hall of Famer, but the fact that he has a championship and he has it with the Celtics and he was the finals MVP, he's the biggest lock in this class to me. He's going to be the guy giving the last speech of the night because uh, Paul Pierce is one of the greatest players in history for one of the most famous franchises in history. The Boston media mafia is going to be backing him hardcore here, and he's an easy Hall of Famer. You win a finals MVP, you're pretty much going to be getting in. I think the Celtics are the only team that has a finals MVP that's not a Hall of Famer, right? Cedric Maxwell, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Oh, cornbread. Uh, yeah, that's right. But I mean, Paul Pierce, this is this is an easy Hall of Fame choice here. And he played it pretty smart by uh, sticking around a little bit longer. He played that last season with the Clippers. Remember, he got his jersey retired there by the Celtics. That was a big, uh, that was a that big was deal at the time. <laughs> um, but... 
He stuck around for another year when he wasn't doing a whole bunch there for the Clippers, but now he gets to be the head of the class. Smart thinking. Yeah, I think he still ranks top 10 in free throws made and three-pointers made, which is which is pretty well. But I guess, yeah, you get to 26,000 points, you got to get him uh, every different way. He's top 20 all-time in scoring, and he played for nearly two decades, which is pretty incredible. Okay, so we, we for the most part, agree. Yeah, Bosch is in. Here in his second go at it, sounds like Paul Pierce, we all agree, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Trey says he'll be the last, you know, speech of the night. Hadn't thought about that, but I think you're probably right with that one. But this one is where it gets a little interesting. And Trey, we'll start with you. Is this the year Chris Webber finally makes the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't know how many times we've we've maybe had this discussion. Um, <laughs> it's got to be at least three, right? Maybe more. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? Does, does C-Webb finally get in or does he not deserve to be in the hall of fame what do you think i've always thought chris weber was going to be a hall of famer and i'm surprised he's not already in but maybe with the names that are in this class alongside chris weber this has got to be the year for him because i mean when you're talking about the annals of basketball history you got chris weber up there i think with chris bosh and paul pierce you know chris weber probably most famous still for his time playing with the Michigan Wolverines, uh, part of the Fab Five, really changed the culture of basketball. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is a part of the reason why he has to be in. But it's always going to be close with Chris Webber because he missed a bunch of time during his NBA career, which keeps him from getting to 20,000 points, keeps him to get from getting to 10,000 rebounds, sort of benchmarks that really get you into the Hall of Fame pretty easily because for accomplishments-wise, he was five times All-NBA, five times All-Star, which are great. That's a that's a, a very good career, but there are a lot of players, as we've discussed recently with Sean Kemp, Amari Stoudemire, Blake Griffin in the future, who have made five All-NBA teams, five All-Star games, and are not in the NBA, or are not in the Naismith Hall of Fame right now, but still, Chris Webber is top 100 points per game uh, for his career, top 100 rebounds per game all-time. It's just the fact that he missed quite a few games in his career that he wasn't able to get to those round numbers that we're used to. For me, Chris Webber, no doubt a Hall of Famer, but when you look at uh, the counting stats, when you look at the career achievements, you can see why Basketball Reference, their probability has him at like 15%, which I think is crazy low. But I feel like that probably just only takes into account his uh, NBA career and his statistics. But still, I would think it's higher. Everybody loved Chris Webber when he was playing. There was certainly a feeling at some times that he left a little bit on the table, which maybe leaves a a sour taste in some voters' mouths. But I'm a Chris Webber Hall of Fame believer. Maybe this is the year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think some of the voters, and we still don't even really know who ultimately decides these things. It's like just these mysterious people out there. But uh, that they might hold over Chris Webber the fact that like because of the talent that he had, they're upset that he's like not a top 10 player of all time. Sure. Like, cause his career did not, you know, pan out that way. It was still an unbelievable career, especially, yeah, when you're going back to uh, the college game. But uh, maybe they are, Tass. Maybe there is something to that, that that's why they've sort of kept him out ultimately. I guess, you know, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way too over his career. Um, so, you know, maybe some reporters and organizations, and, and, and maybe that's a, another issue. But I mean, just pure talent alone. He feels, and, and with the individual accolades, yeah, there's no ring, but he sure is sort of right there with a Chris Bosch to me. I mean, like, he was playing in a time, too, where we're talking, like, about some of the greatest players ever at the position in the Western Conference, and he's still making all NBA squads and stuff like that. Like, that's pretty special in my book. So I, I think he's in. I think you've talked about him being in before, and I, I can't imagine you change your tune on that. No, my tune just gets stronger as I get older. Yeah, he played with a lot of great players up against a a lot of great players, and he's probably, you know, not on the level of some of those guys he went up against in in the Duncans and the Shaqs. Uh, But 
that doesn't mean he's any worse. Uh, he just doesn't have those accolades. And yeah, he, I'm sure people just look at him and see, and, and some see all this talent. He could have been, frankly, one of the best power forwards ever uh, and didn't get to that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, to me, it's a, a little bit of the Allen Iverson effect. He had such a cultural impact, just like AI uh, with those Michigan teams. And then he had a really, really, really good NBA career. Uh, and you know he the the whole Lakers situation there with the you know the the conference finals and the Kings and maybe the the timeout are, are, are probably the two things in terms of actual basketball things that people remember him by, which obviously isn't a good sign for for C Web. But mm-hmm. uh, the guy has all the talent oozing from his body, but that doesn't just that doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, what gets him into the Hall of Fame are the accolades, uh, the cultural relevance, and how he was a badass. I mean, I, I, I loved watching him play. So uh, I understand that he's, he's not a, like you said, Skeets, you know, throw him into the, the, the Chris Bosch family, I guess, of players of, that aren't like super duper duper stars that took over the league. Uh, but the cultural relevance to me puts him over the top. There just aren't a lot of guys who have that in the league. And if you're a great, great player and you had this cultural relevance, you, you know, our friend Graydon Gordian brought it up recently that you can't tell the story of basketball without the Michigan Wolverines, the Fab Five. And, mm-hmm. it's, and that's part of it. That's part of uh, basketball history. It's not just stats. It is story time. And story time when you're talking about basketball in the early 90s are the Michigan Wolverines and the Fab Five. And Chris Weber was the lead guy on that team. And then he had a great great career get him in there yeah that was a great twitter thread twitter thread from our friend uh great gordian i 100 percent agreed with it too like at one point he's talking about like if you're walking through the hall of fame with your kid and you got to weber's plaque would your first thought be well he shouldn't be here no i mean no of course not you like you said you would be talking about the fab five with the talent that he had at his position uh sort of ahead of the game a little bit maybe where he came up short in moments and stuff like that like he does help uh, get across the story of the NBA and basketball in general. He, nor, he needs to be included in that conversation. If that's how you want to look at the Hall of Fame, it doesn't just have to be stats. Uh, though some people think the Basketball Hall of Fame you know, is too generous with who they allow in there, and that's sure, that's an argument maybe for another day. But I think, you know, I, I think Lee, that he should be included. I don't know where you fall on this one. You know, does, if he wins a title in 2002 yeah. at the Kings, then this is probably a lock, right? Easy. Absolutely, um, but he doesn't have that. So do yeah. you keep, do you put him in or you keep him out? Yeah, I, I think so. And as Trey mentioned, there he has like he, his averages are basically twenty and ten, but he doesn't have those round twenty thousand points and ten thousand rebounds, which would also just boost him in there. But I, I think he gets in. I, I mean, I think he's a better player than Chris Bosh was at his best, you know. Right. And so um, in that sense, Weber deserves to be in. But I think certainly things that do count against him are the scandal there at Michigan. Mm-hmm. I think for, for whatever reason, people are holding that against him when they shouldn't because it's not like he was the only person who, uh, you know, had any sort of controversy during his college career. And then he, he went out there and performed. But, yeah, if Vladi doesn't hit that ball out or if Robert Ory misses that shot and the Lakers lose that series, I, I think because I think the Kings win that championship if they're going up against the Nets, it was, um, in 2002. And is probably finals MVP as well. So he's probably exactly where we are with Paul Pierce and Dirk. And those guys, he gets that championship, even if his career didn't quite get to, to where we thought his talent was going to take him. Like you said earlier, maybe top 10, top 15 of all time. But if you have that sort of championship glory, uh, very, very hard to keep him out. But he doesn't. So I think that's also potentially some of the reason. A uh, little hard to figure out, though, because at his best, you know, an incredible passer for a big man. He could spread the floor a little bit there. You know, just an, uh, uh, an incredible talent. 
but uh, has a couple of things that people, I guess, are able to sort of hold against him, which uh, mm-hmm. is unfair, really. All right, and let's get to the four remaining NBA players that are the Hall of Fame finalists and which one of these guys will get enshrined here. So I'll just run through them again. we got Michael Cooper, former Defensive Player of the Year. He made eight all-defensive teams, um, won five championships as a member of the Lakers, obviously played on a great team. Now, his career averages are not going to blow you away because he was a defensive ace, really. Uh, nine points per game, you know, four and three. Then we had Tim Hardaway, member of uh, Run TMC, the Warriors, um, Top 20 all-time in assists, still in NBA history. Five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. That actually surprised me a little bit. Career averages of 18-8, and eight, won a gold medal in 2000. Marquise Johnson won two national championships at UCLA. He was one of the best uh, collegiate players of his time there. Went on to make five All-Star teams with the Bucks. Bit of a forgotten star, I think. I mean, like, Lee, maybe you can remember Marquise Johnson a little bit better than maybe even some of us. You uh, and Dwayner. Being a bit older, yeah. <laughs> But, again, he's got the accolades. Averaged over 20 points per game over his career, too. He was named the Comeback Player of the Year in 86. And then Ben Wallace, one of only two players to win the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year award four times, along with Dikembe Mutombo, who is obviously in the Hall of Fame. And uh, he would be the first member of the 04 Pistons to be selected. Four-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. Of those four, like, look, let's be honest. Not, not all seven guys we've talked about here are going to be making at least this class. I don't know when they're going to cut it off. Uh, I don't know if they have a quota task. Like, if they're like, well, it's got to be three, but not more than five. I don't know. But let's say only one more of those, these guys, these last four I selected, could make it, Lee. Who would you pick? Uh, if, if we are agreeing Chris Bosch is in, Paul Pierce is in, and Chris Weber finally makes it, of these four, Coop, you know, Tim Hardaway, Marquise Johnson, and then Ben Wallace, who would you include? Me, I'm yeah. going with, I think they've all got a solid case. I'm going with Ben Wallace, though. Uh, I think Ben Wallace was an incredible player. Uh, and the defensive stats alone there, four-time defensive player of the year, four-time All-Star, uh, five-time All-NBA, uh, five-time All-Defense. So, you know, traditionally defensive guys, obviously, like Ben Wallace's career average is like five points a game, you know, mm-hmm. so he's not going to get mm-hmm. in there for his points. But he had about six seasons there, where I think he was just an incredible uh, incredible player for the Pistons. His career did sort of tail off a little bit after his second season in, uh, in Chicago when he wasn't allowed to wear a headband. Scotty, Scotty Scar said no wearing a headband. But for those like yeah, five JD or six... doesn't want you wearing a headband. <laughs> <laughs> but for five or six seasons there um, with the Pistons and the first one with Chicago, he averaged eight points, 13 rebounds, uh, a steal and a half a game, three blocks a game. Yep. You know, and again, I, I think on those Pistons teams, with only won one championship, made the finals a second time. I think he was easily as important as any other player. Uh, you know, with with Rip Hamilton, Rashid, obviously when he came along, Jaunty Bills won Finals MVP when they won it. But uh, I, I'm a huge Ben Wallace fan, and I think he absolutely deserves to get in, even if his peak years were only about you know six or seven seasons there. But I think he did enough in those years uh, to get himself in. I mean, clearly. The Defensive Player of the Year awards, I think, should get him in there alone four times. So, uh, you know, other guys have certainly strong cases, but I'd pick Ben Wallace. I'd like to see the defensive player get the recognition. Tass, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Lee on this one. And I think Dennis Rodman blazed enough of a trail getting into the Hall of Fame for Ben Wallace to to follow him. Not not just the the rebounding trail, but just more like the one-track type of guy. Rodman Mm -hmm. rebounded, Ben Wallace, defense offensively that was not his forte whatsoever but mm-hmm. yeah you know if if you look at that 2014 uh, billups is key rip is key and sheet is key 
and Tayshaun Prince's key, but there's no chance that they come anywhere close to a championship without the defense of Ben Wallace, without yeah. the tenacity. Such an ferocity. identity for that team, yeah. Yeah, and they all, they all were part of it, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't have a superstar. So when I say this guy, they don't win with this guy, they don't win with this guy, they needed all of them because th- that was you know the, the, a special, special case in the NBA. I think we've talked about it before. It should be one team that gets in as a team. If they start a wing, <laughs> I mean, that, to me, that's you know one of the best teams ever because they didn't have a superstar and were able to achieve what they achieved. So uh, Big Ben amongst those four, um, you know, we'll get, well, I want to show some love to other guys too. But, yeah, amongst those four, uh, he would be the guy who stands out to me. Do you agree, Trey, or do you pick someone else if you had to just pick one of the four? Well, unfortunately, Skeets, I also agree because I love defense and rebounding. <laughs> so you got to get Ben Wallace in there. But for me, he was the best player on a championship team who took down a couple of legends, Shaq and Kobe, in their prime. So that's an easy choice to me. Uh, The other guys, Michael Cooper, I think has kind of a similar case to Ben Wallace. The problem with him is that he has been on the ballot clearly for a long time. So I think it gets harder and harder as the time goes on. Marquise Johnson, I'm kind of surprised isn't in considering he had such a great college career, a very good NBA career and has continued to stick in the league as a broadcaster there with the Bucks and Tim Hardaway. Um, a borderline case. I'll say a borderline yeah. case for Tim Hardaway. And, you know, maybe this is the year, but I kind of don't think so. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I don't think he makes it in this one, for sure. I, I'm picking of these four. I go Ben Wallace. Michael Cooper, I mean, I heard a lot of comparisons. Like, well, Dennis Johnson made the Hall of Fame, um, obviously being sort of like the, the defensive guy on those great Celtics teams. Cooper, the same thing with the Lakers. They both won a lot of titles. Dennis Johnson still, though, is a better offensive player than Cooper. I mean, he scored like almost, I think he may have scored twice as many points like over their career and doubled them up there. So that is something. But I get the idea. It's like they were the defensive backbone of these championship teams. And should they be rewarded enough to the Hall of Fame level? Uh, it's, it's difficult because then you start also just getting into the, you know, the classic Robert Ory question, Lee, and stuff like that. And guys that yeah. just won a bunch of titles and were good, but they were not the best of the best out there on the floor. But do they deserve uh, consideration for the Hall of Fame? It opens up a whole can of worms. But mm-hmm. of all those guys, I'm agreeing with you. I think I think Ben, Ball, ben Wallace would get my vote from those guys. But who else did you want to show love to there, Tass? We well, on? I was trying to bide my time here because I didn't have the, uh, the video prepared. So I was, I was trying to stall. But Marquise Johnson, he had some... A wedgie, a legendary wedgie of some sort. I've just because I forget everything that I've ever done in my life. It didn't happen too long ago where uh, Josiah Johnson, the king of Twitter, was tweeting about Marquise Johnson's yep. career uh, and and trying to get him into the Hall of Fame or showing everybody why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And one of the clips he shared was Marquise Johnson wedging. Uh, mm-hmm. but, wow. but I'm still. Can't find it. Still looking. You know, Twitter's just one of those things. Do I do I search for it or do am I scrolling through? That's tough. Infinite scroll here. That's that's where I'm going right now. But uh, I figured I figured Marcus Johnson, my best my best um, chance of finding it would be scrolling his infinite oh. his Twitter because you know he's older. He's not going to tweet as much as Josiah. Mm. He's not going to tweet as much as me. I know the three of us tweeted about it, but I still. I just suck at finding things on Twitter at times, and I'm <laughs> unable to find it. But he had some some legendary wedgie. Was it? A, wasn't the All Star Game one? Anyway, uh, I love him on the broadcast. Uh, I love his son, and uh, you know if he gets in, he gets in. Um, but you know, I, I find it hard to believe against those other guys that he 
he is going to get in. Uh, but maybe as a broadcaster, maybe he gets in as a broadcaster. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, that's the whole. Yeah, you got all these different wings. You know, Bill Russell's up for uh, you know enshrinement <laughs> here again. I mean, as a coach, I mean that's pretty yeah. cool. But uh, someone, I think, uh, was it Jackie McMullen or someone pointed out that. Uh, isn't Lenny Wilkins in like three times in the Hall of Fame? He's a player, coach, and part of the dream team. Um, as you're a, right. Yeah. Coach on that. So it's yeah. like, it's a little silly, I guess. But yeah. uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. They'll be announcing this soon. We still even haven't had the actual formal um, enshrinement for those three legends that we were talking about last year, be it in Kobe and Garnett and Duncan. I think that's coming up. So that, that will be, uh, of course, pretty uh, monumental. But a lot of people to put in. Let's hear from all of you guys. Who should be in the Hall of Fame? Make your case. Maybe there's some diehard Tim Hardaway fans out there. Uh, I know there's some Cooper fans out there. So uh, tell us why they should be actual locks. And, uh, and, and maybe it is all seven. Just throw them all in. I mean, we're just going to be like this. Yeah, it's so inclusive now. I mean, why not, I guess. Okay, last night's games. Let's just touch on a couple. There was a ton on for a Thursday night. But Kyrie Irving scored 40 as the Nets beat the Celtics 121-109. Kyrie Irving, future Hall of Famer, Tass. Lock um, it in. Yeah, lock it in. What did you think of uh, this one, though? You know, a couple of years ago, even though Kyrie hit that shot, I'd wonder about Kyrie's Hall of Fame chances. But now he's having the best season of his career, which is awesome to watch. Uh, yeah, I know you call them the, the Nets MVP skeets. I mean, just watching him, it feels like every shot's going in. He's shooting the best field goal percentage of his career and best three-point percentage of his career. But to me, what I took from this game is that I don't think uh, the chemistry that they've got going on is going to be interrupted by Blake Griffin Whatsoever, I just okay. I just feel like they they've got enough going on uh, in a positive way from Steve Nash down to Kevin Durant, who I think is their you know real leader and their real glue guy, which is strange to say for Kevin Durant, uh, but I, I totally think that's the case all the way down, you know, to Kyrie, to James Harden, and even to Blake. Even though he hasn't hit the floor, I'm just dreaming big dreams here. I think that they they're gonna get on the floor and. Yeah, just work together well. Uh, that, that's what I took from this win because I think they can just turn it on at any time. And, and, and it really uh, – nobody has a chance against this team in the Eastern Conference. I think they I, – I, I, I don't know. I agree with that. I know. I, I, I'm being – I'm jumping to conclusions. There's lots of good teams in the East. But I, I think they are uh, – they're good enough, like – if they can just stay on the same page. I think that's all it's about. I mm-hmm. just, you know, we just talked about the, the Detroit Pistons and the chemistry that they had. That's, that's what the question mark is with the Brooklyn Nets. Are there just too many good guys and not enough role guys? Like if Blake Griffin comes in and is that, uh, that guy on the floor who, who, you know, doesn't do enough of the little things and plays too much. And then, you know, you lose some, some Bruce Brown minutes, some Jeff Green minutes uh, that could hurt. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think they're, I don't know. They just, the chemistry just feels like it's there. It wasn't really much of a tangible thing I took away from that game, but in the fourth quarter when they can go on those runs um, uh, like they did, they can overcome a lot of things. And uh, I think they'll, they'll overcome any team in the Eastern Conference, I think. I think they've got enough, even though you know they got to go up against Joel Embiid. Uh, I just I believe. I believe in what Steve Nash and what they're doing there. Good vibes only coming from the Brooklyn Nets, Lily. Uh, Shamit was uh, fantastic, hitting a bunch of threes for them too. Um, but yeah, they—it's uh, pretty special when you got three guys that can go for forty on any given night, and then you get all these help with all these shooters around there. Yeah, you're gonna have to go through and beat and Giannis, likely one of them at least. But you know, we talked about it the other day. 
Like, who cares if those guys average 40 in a series? Like, you're still, yeah. you still got to go get another 80 from uh, maybe the rest of the team uh, with the amount of uh, offensive firepower that the Nets have. Yeah, look, looking good right now. And this is, it's crazy that all of this is without Durant. And then, of course, uh, Blake still to be added. And, oh, yeah, maybe even another bio guy. Like, they may not even be done uh, adding to this roster. So... What do you anything to add from that game though? Well, you, you just mentioned there Jeff Green with two threes, Tyler Johnson with two, Shamit had six, and yeah. Joe Harris he's a great shooter. He went three. So it, the, even if Joel Embiid is a handful for the Nets defensively, it doesn't really matter if the Sixers are just like, oh my god, every guy who's on the floor can hit a three pointer right now. That that's the real problem teams yeah. are facing is that that offense for the Nets is just so potent and so powerful. It's such an arsenal that Steve Nash has, which is ironic because he's a Tottenham fan and Arsenal is Tottenham's biggest rival. Oh, wow. But, that's uh, crazy. <laughs> but that's the thing. When you when you when when they're on the floor, it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, Shamit. Yeah, he can hit that shot. And when he gets hot, they sort of found him last night. James Harden had a relatively quiet game by his standards last night. Certainly shooting the ball. He still finished with nearly a triple-double. But that's the thing. It's not like it's only Harden and Kyrie Irving that you have to worry about. They've, they've got the system and that team set up so well that it's like... We, we are going to win these games on offense. We, you know, we can play defense if we have to, but more importantly, the other teams have to stop so many guys who are capable of shooting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the defense has always been like basically average, which is good enough, Trey, for the last little bit, and they can continue to be like around 14th, 15th over the last couple of weeks. That's going to win you a ton of games. They don't have to be the best defensive team in the league. They just got to be passable, right? They got to be not the worst because <laughs> let's see who said it here in the stream team. Ziggy says it'll be mostly them beating themselves if it happens. And that's kind of what it feels like. Maybe mm. they fall apart defensively. Maybe they have a game like the Rockets had years ago where they just cannot hit a three pointer because like Lee's saying, the threes are a huge difference. They got great shooting from their role players last night. And if that continues, you're talking three versus two when it's against big guys, and that can be a problem for a Sixers team trying to score as efficiently as the Nets may be able to do. But, yeah, I mean, the Nets, when they're playing at their best, they look great, and that's without their best player. So scary stuff. The other stuff thing I did like from this game, I heard Greg Anthony on the call. He said, James Harden is a special passer of the basketball. Oh, God. Not quite a beautiful shooter of the basketball, but a special passer of the basketball. <laughs> Lee, you got to start uh, getting some copyrights on these things, uh, babe. Uh, as soon as you late. come out it's with something, it gets changed just a little bit. I know, I know. I don't know what to do, man. It's just it, if uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery, That's isn't right. it? Is that That's right? right? So I'll just take that as a compliment. But uh, I will say one thing, other thing about James Harden. Since he's been in, in, in Brooklyn, one of the criticisms about him, certainly from someone like me in the past, is how he would go out hunting those fouls. And he doesn't appear to be doing that at all anymore. Mm-hmm. He's playing the right way as well, you know, which is, uh, you know, by my definition anyway, by playing the right <laughs> way. You know, Trey Young's going out there hunting for fouls. Players have done it forever. But it just feels like he's, you know, this transition has just been too perfect. What's going on? I'm suspicious. I think there's a conspiracy out there. I don't know, but... Uh, like last night he like say he almost just got a triple double in his sleep Mm -hmm. didn't shoot all that well but it's like hang on a minute james don't this is like don't (laughs) make don't make me do like trey trey started liking chris paul and uh and paul george wasn't it last season trey well i started being nice about it so what's going on i'm starting to feel like you know i'm gonna be out there like you know wearing a james harden t-shirt around sometimes yeah tell tell me when you're on team rondo and then we'll get exactly right no thanks okay uh our next game here uh oh this one hurts sorry tass um 
you know, maybe cover your ears here. Tony mm-hmm. Snell's three-pointer at the buzzer. Cover my smell. Yeah, lifts the Hawks. Ka-ka! Over the Raptors, 121-120. Raptors without a lot of their uh, key guys still. Put up a fight, though. Had a crazy big lead. And uh, here come the Hawks and Tony Snell, TK, with the huge shot. I mean, nice play. He moved from the corner up to the wing, created a little space, and they found him. Uh, A little Raptors defensive breakdown, maybe, in terms of Mm. helping out a little too much. But uh, Snell knocked it down. Game over. Hawks win. Snelly Cat, what are they feeding you? (laughs) One of the most beautiful shooters of the basketball right (laughs) now. Future Hall of Famer, Tony Snell. That's crazy stuff. What'd you say, Tess? Since February 1st, he's 64% from three. I think he's at 57-ish for the season. Uh, Trey Young said before the All-Star break, when I pass it to him, he shoots the ball. I think it's going in every time. It did last night. Great win for the Hawks. Not a surprising loss for the Raptors. Uh, considering the players they had out, but the way it went down was super surprising. Yeah. Uh, Chris Boucher and one layup, about six minutes left, puts the Raptors up 15. Matt Devlin on the call. That may have done it! Oh, may. He said Uh-oh. may. Good Uh-oh. save. Yeah. I mean, up 15. You're thinking, yeah, but six minutes left. There's a lot of time to happen, and for whatever reason, the Raptors just stopped scoring. Scored eight points in their final 12 possessions over the last six minutes. Because it's all falling on Kyle Lowry and Norm Powell, I think. Lowry went two of six, had three turnovers in the fourth quarter. He had nine turnovers in the game. Norm, nice game, just two points in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, Trey Young was on fire, I thought. He was great in the fourth quarter, getting in the lane. He had 11 points, four assists. So on that final play, he gets the penetration. Looked like four Raptors were helping. Tony Snell, wide open. Game blouses. Nice play by Trey Young. Yep. Raptors just kind of took their foot off the gas there, and the scoring got pretty tough for him. Uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, a great player, but he has to create shots for basically everybody uh, with the squad that the Raptors had out there last night. Norm Powell can get his own shots, not necessarily a playmaker for others, but uh, the way it went down was weird. <laughs> it was certainly weird, especially seeing it coming through uh, on the stream team when we were doing happy hour last night. You could tell things were not going great, uh, but... I think it's more of a great win for the Hawks than it is a super bad loss for the Raptors. Hawks are still undefeated with uh, Nate McMillan mm. as their head coach, are they not? I, believe, I think that improves them to 3-0. and uh, The other note from this was Kyle Lowry passed Chris Bosh, Hall of Famer, probably. Chris Bosh on uh, second on the Raptors scoring list, so he only trails DeRozan now. Lowry does. Anything else to add to this one, Tass? Tough loss, obviously, for the Raps. They should have had it. They were up. I mean, Norm had a great game. He missed two free throws that probably ice it. Um, Pretty late, but anything else, that? Well, we're here in Atlanta. I want to believe in the Hawks and their 3-0 and run after firing Coach Pierce, but I'm not buying it. Uh, they, they come down to a game here with, yeah, no Siakam, no Fred Van Vliet, <clears throat> excuse me, no OG, and they play good defense the last six minutes and, and the other team falls apart. Same thing happened in their previous win. The Magic didn't have three of their starters, and the mm. Magic were up big, and the Hawks were able to come back and win that game. Still not buying it. And then they, you know, their best win was the first one. Uh, of the three they're riding high uh, you, know, you always get a little post coach firing high and they beat a, a jimmy butler list uh, miami heat team so i'm not buying it uh, okay. at this point uh, i want to um but uh, I, I just loved watching the first half of this game trey young got under uh, kyle lowry's skin because he was he was trying to draw fouls to, exactly <laughs> like uh, uh you know the james harden talk he was bumping into kyle lowry and I would never think of a, a guy like Kyle Lowry, the guy you piss off, and then he just turns. You woke that, you woke him up. You poke the bear, and then he just beats you. 
you don't think of Kyle Lowry like that, but he was awesome in setting everybody up afterwards. It wasn't the scoring, um, but he, he got pissed. He got real angry, and then uh, he turned the game around. And that's, you know, it was a middling game. They were kind of down, and then, yeah, they, they went up big because Kyle Lowry, the future Hall of Famer, uh, was able to uh, turn this thing around. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I can't take too much from it. When you when you come down to six minutes of a game, every defense seems to be good, and the Hawks' defense turned it on uh, at the end there, and they were able to shut down like like Trey said, Lowry and uh, and Norm Powell. But you know, if you had some weapons, if you had Freddie, mm. if you had Paskey, uh, this is a, this is a lossy. For, for the Hawks. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> Still, I mean, they're, they're not going to care, right? The Hawks, these are big wins against those three mm-hmm. teams you just said that they might be jockeying for some sort of, like, position with or to get into the playoffs, to get in the play-in. Who'd you say? You said the Heat, the Magic, and the Raptors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all could be bunched up there, so they'll take the victories for sure. The Hawks bros will. Final one here. What'd you think about start. my uh, trade proposal there, Skeets? I haven't even seen it. Oh, the one uh, Otto Porter. Um, yeah, for Kyle yeah, yeah. Lowry. You know, uh, Kyle Lowry's talking about I'll retire a Raptor, but he's uh, giving hints that yes, I could perhaps, I could perhaps be on another team here pretty mm. soon. Uh, the Bulls, they're back, but they are not an elite team at this point. They need a veteran there to really mm-hmm. uh, to give them that little red ass, get them fired up. Mm-hmm. What about Kyle Lowry becoming the Chris Paul? of the Chicago Bulls, <laughs> taking a team on the fringes and making them great. Otto Porter for Kyle Lowry. Who says no? Uh, who says I, I no think here? I know who says no. But, uh, uh, I like it for your team, yes. I yeah, think that's a, a great move. I think it would take a little bit more. Um, yeah, not a lot of interest in Otto Porter. We'll slide you a pick. Raptors. We'll slide you a pick. Slide you a pick. Slide slide you a pick. Okay. First we'll rounder. You're talking number 16, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's always. Uh, I thought you always had number, what's your pick? Usually seven or something. Number seven. Bulls always yeah. draft seven. Somehow got four this past year. But I mean, if you had Kyle Lowry, that's as guaranteed a playoff team. Guaranteed. Mm, that's, I don't that's think true. it's that's happening, true. but I'm trying to make it happen. Sam Unono in the stream says Lowry for Lowry. Kyle Lowry for Lowry Markinen. Now that's a little more interesting. Now that's a little more interesting. Yeah, because the Bulls may not want to sign him in the offseason. He's a restricted free agent. (laughs) Oh, a Lowry for Lowry would be a crazy (laughs) trade in the headlines. The season salt trade. I would love it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. unprecedented. Uh, Can the Raps get Stacey King in that deal, too? I want a little Stacey on the Raps call. Uh, I did did want to mention just one random thing. No, they'll get Chuck Swirsky back in the deal. (laughs) Uh, They'll be doing radio. Uh, Matt Devlin on the call. Speaking of broadcasters, he shouted out the Aaron Baines fan club Twitter account yep. during the broadcast. I mean, that Devlin going deep. I mean, it's a great Twitter account, and I love it. And Aaron Baines having the, his best game of the season. He was just out there balling. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but Devlin to go deep enough to go into the Twitter sphere to call it the Baines fan club. Love it. I love it, Devlin. <laughs> old, uh, more of an old school broadcaster, but keeping it new school. Good, good stuff, Matty D. Future Matty Hall of Famer, Day. Matt Devlin in the broadcast way. <laughs> Everybody has a future Hall of Famer on today's show, including this guy, it. Devin Booker, scored 35 points. Suns beat the Blazers, Lily, 127-121. Suns stay hot, man. Mm-hmm. They're rolling. They heard you talking crap on yesterday's show, saying you don't believe in them. You believe in the Jazz, but you don't want to believe in the Suns. And uh, this is a nice win, a really impressive win. Bridges was great. What would you think? 
Yeah, good comeback. They were down 13 in the third period there against a Damian Lillard team, which you are would always back Lillard sort of in that situation. But uh, Booker had 22 in the second half, and uh, he was really good. Again, uh, they got other contributions from guys, but Booker is the one that you want to see step up and uh, and sort of be the leader of his team, and they did, and they got the comfortable victory in the end. I would love to see a playoff series, though, against these two teams. Still no CJ, and still no Nurkic for the uh, Blazers, which would make a huge difference, but... uh, that's the thing. I think when the when the Blazers are at full strength against the Suns team, that's a very spicy matchup because you know when you got Gary Trent out there and uh, and uh, Anthony Simons and the a little as well, like they're different players than when you have someone like CJ who can go out there and get his own bucket. I think mm-hmm. that changes a huge uh, a huge dynamic there for the Blazers' offense. So uh, yeah, good win though for the Suns. They keep on rolling. They just keep on uh, pocketing these wins, and that's all you have to do when you're the Phoenix Suns. You got to get as many as you can and hope to have home court advantage if you can for a minimum of two rounds in the playoffs if you're going to go anywhere other games terry rozier and a chevy cruise named pj washington helped the hornets down the pistons 105 102 michael jordan in attendance see the ball end up in yeah. jordan's hands didn't shoot it oh i couldn't believe it let it let it fly mj from shoot the it. from the side there uh sixers bucks clippers they all won in big blowouts uh kings handed the rockets their 14th straight loss the heat beat the magic the thunder outlasted the luca and capulous mavs uh they were without their two guys sga was pretty special in that one and maybe the most shocking outcome from thursday night Jalen Nowell. Noel. I don't even know how to say the kid's last name. I think he had himself Noel. a career night. How do you say it? Noel. Noel. Yeah, Noel. The Wolves. He plays for the Wolves. <laughs> he was on fire, and they beat the Pelicans by 30 tasks. My goodness, that is not looking good in New Orleans when you're losing by 30 to the Wolves, who got uh, Chris Finch's uh, Finchy, his first uh, victory <laughs> as a head coach. So congrats to him. But that's wild. And from that game, maybe most importantly, wedgie number 30, guys. Oh my goodness, these things are still coming fast and furious. Let's have a quick look at it. You know, look, it's nothing special going on here. It's only a quick look. This is a quick one. Yeah, you know, it stayed up there for a bit. Ooh, got the ISO shot. Longer than I thought. Got the ISO shot, so that was good. Um, So there you go, number 30. (laughs) Incredible, 20 to go, Lee, till till our magical mark of 50, and we are on pace for 64. This thing keeps ticking up. Crazy, yeah. I mean, how can we not get at least like 55 no matter what happens? I mean, we're going to set a record, aren't we? You yeah. know, we just, just feels like every night now there's one. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. Every second or third night, it feels like we're getting one. That's the pace we want to keep up. Good yeah. stuff. Um, the only other note from all those games that I took us through there, the PJ Tucker news, again, the Rockets, I said, lost their 14th straight. He decided not to play on Thursday night. Uh, he's not expected to return to the team, Tess. And, you know, by all reports, he's frustrated that he hasn't been moved yet to a contender and that he's just made it clear, like, I'm just going to sit out games until you guys trade me ahead of the uh, March 25th deadline. Lots of teams reportedly interest. We've talked about it before. I mean, Tucker, you could slot him in a lot of places, but the Bucks, the Lakers, the Heat, the Nets. Uh, is there a team that you think uh, could benefit most from trying to get P.J. Tucker from Houston? And they, by the way, want, like, apparently, like, a young player. They're not even as interested in picks. They're like, you know, give us a promising young player. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I guess because they... They stockpiled some they got picks enough there. Picks, yeah, yeah. So PJ Tucker, man. I, I first I, I saw the news and Stephen Silas, head coach of the Rockets, said, "I thought he was going to play." I was so disappointed. I just <laughs> feel bad for him. Man, coach. what a year for that guy. <laughs> yeah, like we came out of the gate coaching well. Things looking good. Now they've lost fourteen in a row, and it ain't his fault. Uh, so the, the Rockets, yeah, 
falling apart. And P.J. Tucker, uh, yeah, he saw all his other buddies, uh, you know, part of the, the Rockets crew that was going to the finals. They all left. Not the finals. The Western Conference finals. They all left in, in Harden and, and then Westbrook. And so he wants, he wants out. And uh, it's understandable. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've I talked about it uh, on what you need to know this morning. Uh, so I haven't changed. I think the Miami Heat are just too good. They're just too perfect for him. Like, they need a four. Uh, they really haven't placed, replaced Jay Crowder mm. from their finals run. You, you talk about guys that you'd never heard of. I mean, I had I had to look up this guy's name. K, KZ Ozapala, I think his name is. He mm-hmm. started at power forward for the Heat last night. They're, they're looking for anybody to play that power forward position. You think they're really deep. Mo Harkless hasn't, hasn't worked out for them. I thought that would be the guy that was supposed to replace Jay Crowder who went to Phoenix. Uh, I, I think P.J. would be absolutely perfect. Heat culture, that just, it, just, it just makes too much sense. But I don't know. Uh, they do have young guys that they could trade back, but how much are they willing to give up uh, for P.J. Tucker? Are they willing, up to, to, willing to give up Kendrick Nunn? Uh, I think that would be... <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking about a 35 year old guy on an expiring contract. Yeah. But, but, but can maybe, you know, again, like solidify a, a contender's rotation, right, Lee? So, I mean, depends on the player, the young asset that you would send back. But the right team, I could see talking themselves into it because Tucker could still help you. I, I, no doubt, of course, defensively. Oh, there's no doubt. I think a lot of those teams would love to have him out in there because he does that 3 and D role so well. But uh, I certainly wouldn't give up any promising assets. Kendrick Nunn, I mean, he's a little a little up and down for sure. But uh, it, again, it depends on just how desperate someone thinks P.J. Tucker can help their team. And if the Heat get any sort of significant offer, uh, excuse me, the Rockets get any sort of significant offer, then it just drives that price up a little bit. But uh, I can't see anyone giving up a first rounder. It'd be more just someone who's on the fringe of their rotation that the team feels they can they can do without. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's 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 a rental that you're getting here from PJ Tucker for at least this season, and and then even after this, he's only probably signing one year deals for here on out. But uh, but certainly we know that he's a tough guy, and that corner three is cash, so he he provides some value. Not as cash this year. Not as no, much. No, but, his but three point percentage he's, mind, he's not in. A, he's not into yeah. it this season. You know, that's a big part of it. I think he's like, what, what's the point? But uh, I think he can still perform when he needs to. Trey, is there a team you'd like to see Tucker land on? I think the Heat is the call as well. Obviously, you're going to hear PJ Tucker put on to all of the contenders, as every single yeah. player is. Is it going to be the Lakers? Is it going to be the Clippers? Is it going to be the Nets? Clearly, he works out there, and I think that you'll see him get closer to 40% from three if he ends up on any of those teams, and he's shooting wide-open jumpers every single time. I would love to see him on the Heat, though. Like Tass is saying, they could use a four who's shooting the threes to replace Jay Crowder. The question is, would you give up Kendrick Nunn, a guy who can be a little bit of Tyler Hero insurance, a little bit of Goran Dragic insurance when those guys are maybe off the court or not playing super well? Would you trade Precious Achua, a rookie, a guy that they really like? They say he could be the next Bam Adebayo, which fair enough, maybe he is, but you got Bam Adebayo and he's also super young. That might be who the Rockets could be targeting if they're going with the Heat. I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if I would do that, but... You know, the Heat are always trying to win the title. They're not just trying to make the yeah. playoffs. They're trying to actually get another championship. So perhaps they would do it, thinking that they're already set there with a bam. At least it's very, very likely P.J. Tucker will be moved. I'm sure you can get something in return. And if you're the Rockets, I'm sure you'll take anything over nothing. Uh, but we'll see. Okay, we got worst of the week we got to get to. We got a oh, bunch still in this show as we uh, <laughs> tick up to the hour mark here. <laughs>
uh, Arch Madness right around the corner. Selection Sunday this weekend. My what? God. Can you believe it? Yeah. What? Crazy, crazy. I think that's right. Isn't it? <laughs> now that I said it. Well, I'm it's like, March. It seems legit. No. Well, it's right around the corner. That's all we know. Keep it clutch. Okay, time for Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. This week's Worst of the Week is the Miami Heat's Myers Leonard. Mm. Leonard was playing Call of Duty on Twitch when he started talking some trash and dropped an anti-Semitic slur. Gaming companies he's partnered with started ending their relationship almost immediately, and the Miami Heat saying that Leonard will be away from the team indefinitely as the organization, quote, will not tolerate hateful language from anyone associated with the franchise. Leonard apologized that same day and said he didn't know what the word meant at the time but also that his ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish community is absolutely not an excuse. The league is conducting an investigation. I think there's two things to talk about here. First, I wonder how far should people in the public eye have to go to rectify a wrong like this? Because uh, in the Athletic Slack channel, there was a chat going on. Zach Harper brought up that, if you remember Tim Hardaway Sr., we talked about mm-hmm. the, him as a Hall of Fame candidate uh he made homophobic comments a long time ago and then he made some real efforts to educate himself and become an advocate and ally for the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. Uh, he didn't just apologize and move on uh the league should enforce something like that to me i mean that's that's what you should happen just educate yourself and i think uh you saw uh edelman of the uh, patriots reach out to, to myers leonard Come on over, man. Let me let me educate you. Let me. Mm-hmm. I think that's what what should happen, and hopefully it does. Second thing is the Heat saying he will indefinitely not be with the team. I can't remember a team, an organization, after someone slipped up, said something incorrect, uh, that was totally wrong, to just send him away. I can't remember a situation like this. Right. There, he's not there, playing there, though either, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's injured for the season. Oh, is he up for the so season? So it's a little easier, I think, maybe a decision. I think it's the right decision still, but yeah, he's he's out for the year. Yeah, so uh, good on them, and, and hopefully he goes to uh, to educate himself. He, I guess, yeah, he's out for the season. I didn't realize that that he mm-hmm. was injured. Um, and I guess the, the Heat has said the Heat have said he will have to participate yeah. in a cultural diversity program. So. That's uh, the first step anyway, but you would like to see him obviously take some initiative on his own as well, I think. Yeah, and his apology was, I got to say, it was a little weird. I mean, yeah. he was basically saying, I did not know what the slur meant before, if you watch the clip, before I very deliberately used a slur. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he was, he, he, you know, that's not a word casually thrown around. Um, so that was, that was brutal. I mean, this is an obvious worst of the week to Myers Leonard. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Jake. exactly right. Um if he didn't know what the word meant, he has to at least know that it's a slur because of the right. way he delivered it and, honestly, the culture of online gaming. That is not something that is completely foreign to coming yeah. up. So, I mean, he knew he was saying something that was going to be offensive. Mm-hmm. And like Tass is saying, this is his chance now to educate himself and make some amends for the horrible things he said because he's being held accountable a little bit here. He should be held accountable a lot more, I would say. And I think that that's what the Heat are doing. He has a chance, though, to actually uh, turn this into a positive, just like Tim Hardaway was able to do. But right now, bad stuff from Myers Leonard, an easy call for worst of the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, he won't be wearing these gold jerseys that the Miami Heat also released this week. Listen, at first... I didn't like them. 
I didn't like them, but I have been convinced, guys. Yeah, this gold has nothing to do with their colorway. What's going on here? That's not gold. Why did everybody keeps calling this gold? That doesn't look gold. <laughs> Where the gold? It's yellow mustard. That's okay. Okay, I'm, I'm, you're right. You're right. It's mustardy, but I guess I'm convinced. Number one, because they use the hashtag Trophy Gold. Yes. Uh, so it's gold, I guess. Uh, but then I saw the video because there's there's a theme here. Mm-hmm. It, it is about going after the Larry O'Brien Trophy. And you know, this is their earned edition. Every team that makes the playoffs releases a, a special jersey. Only 16 teams get, get jerseys. And theirs is dedicated to getting the gold ball. So I saw the mustard. I see this video. I see this, this, this gold ball being thrown around by Chris Bosh to Ray Allen. And I'm sold. And Miami Heat have enough of a culture to be able to go away from their colorways and rock something that's totally different. Uh, and UKG, I'm sure, is happy. I don't know what UKG is, but I'm sure they're happy. Uh, this, this is good. For, I, I, I just, it, I went from worst of the week. No way. You, you can't go miles away from your colorways. But if you got a theme and you back it up on the floor and you back it up as, a, uh, as an organization because they are a, a, a stand-up organization, good on you. I'm oh, okay wow. with it. Okay. Well, we were where all, was, where we're was LeBron in that video, though? Ooh. He wasn't there That's, at all. That, mm. I mean, it's because he still plays, know. right? For God. another franchise. I, I'm disappointed that he didn't include LeBron James in there. <laughs> Come on, man. Was Shaq not there? Wade not? What? Shaq, Wade was in it, and Shaq, oh. I think, hugged him, and then Bosch and Ray Allen. But it's like, come on. Yeah, I Put guess LeBron what Skates is saying, no current players are I don't think so I mean a guy also wearing gold yeah <laughs> I love gold <laughs> just one gold against you yeah I think that's an issue anyone else that's it oh, okay no no uh the Knicks aren't gonna get a little uh you know worst of the week nominee for not knowing who Patrick Ewing is walking around their building no well you know Go there's on. well it's yeah, it's Madison Square Garden security, isn't it? I, I'm only guessing from that. Oh, somebody got a call. I'm only guessing greatest from that. Greatest player like, in franchise history. You can't walk yeah. around without being no stopped. He's only seven Patrick feet Ewing, tall. It's like 24 years since he last played for the Knicks. So the security guards are probably, you know, so young that they maybe don't even recognize him. I'm just, that's the only reason I can think of because, I mean, he's a gigantic man, but he doesn't. You know, like when you look at the sort of Patrick Ewing, he's got the flat top, he's obviously in great shape and he's wearing the big jersey. Maybe they just don't recognize him. I'm not sure. Like, that's the only thing well, I can think of. I mean, he's a New York Knicks legend. The whole point of the word <laughs> know, legend I is know. that he should be known. And it's like you're saying, Lee, he's seven feet tall. Yeah, he's seven, I know, you're not like I know, mistaking him for somebody. But so far, they've kicked Charles Oakley out of the building. Yeah. They've kicked Spike, Spike Lee out of the building. Yeah. They are having problems perhaps kicking Patrick Ewing out of the building. What other Knicks legends are left that they could disrespect like this? It's Clyde Frazier. That's it. Luckily, he is super easy to recognize because he's got those patterns on. You know it's him. Maybe that's what Patrick Ewing's got to do. Either wear his jersey around or start being a guy that wears fancy suits. Patterns Ewing, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're right. They're they're, they're young. I'm sure you're right, Ely, but still. That should be the first test they have to take to get the job. Show them a bunch of Knicks legends. Who is that? Yeah. Oh. All right. well, yeah. Some, you know, there's a lot of staffs, a lot of uh, workforces that are have been decreased due to the coronavirus pandemic. Every time you call somebody, you get the the line 
On the other end, due to the coronavirus pandemic, we do not have as many people taking calls. Maybe the security staff is under the same circumstances. Maybe wow. they just pick people off the street in New York who should know who Patrick Ewing is. Okay, okay. so I'm glad we slipped it in there. Uh, okay, let's get to uh, Masterclass. What I learned this week. My turn with Masterclass, what I learned this week. And uh, this week, guys, I was going back to my man, Ron Finley, teaching me some gardening tips on Masterclass. Yes, now what I love about this, Typically, you associate gardening with like a little old lady in a straw hat. That's where I mind goes. Ron is the opposite of that. This guy is cool as shit, man. He's called mm-hmm. the gangsta gardener for a reason. His voice, incredible. And he makes what I find at times gardening like could be a daunting topic, seem super accessible and, and super actually easy. He shows you how to plant sweet potatoes. Very easy. Take a oh, sweet yeah. potato, throw it in the ground. You can plant a sweet potato. <laughs> That's an easy one. Uh, and he, like, he uses like a bunch of things for like a pot. He uses a boot for a pot. He's like, anything can be a pot. It's, as long as it's got drainage, it's a pot. That hat you're wearing, Trey, that's a pot. You can grow uh, something in this. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be an honor to grow something in that Larry Luke hat. Um, so he also talks a lot about dirt. Ron Finley does. The different elements to it and breaking it all down. He talks composting tasks. You'd really like that. Mm. How that doesn't need to be complicated either. I just love it. But at the end of the day, the biggest takeaway I took from Ron Finley's class on gardening, don't be afraid to just try. You know, and I get caught up in that. You know, I think a lot of people do. Oh, I don't want to screw up this or I might kill that or I don't really know how to do it. Just try it at the end of the day. Just give just it a go and, and learn on the fly. Um, so, yeah, keep it as simple as that. I don't know, Lee, have you watched that one? Ron yeah, Finley, well, my, my wife. Yeah, my wife's uh, gotten through it. I, I sort of dipped in and out of it. But, uh, yeah, we talked about him because he, he says, you know, we call it dirt when it's soil because it grows all of our uh, vegetables and all our um, things. And, and that's the thing with my garlic. That's what I did learn. You know, I had too much garlic in the one pot. And when I took the other garlics out, the other one flourished. Yeah. The galloping garlic yes. really flourished. There it so, is. Uh, right, right your garlic yeah. coming around the third turn. But, uh, I, I love his delivery. I just, I think, uh, I think he's great, the gangster there. Just how he, he gets the message across and he just says, look, it's like you're saying, it's not super complicated. No. You just have to take your time and, and learn a little bit and, uh, you know, treat it with care and respect and uh, you can grow some incredible stuff. So mm-hmm. get out there and do it. Get Tess, out there and do it. Plants want to grow. Isn't yeah. that what he says? They're yep. like, mm-hmm. they want to grow. Put them in the ground. Something's going to happen. I, I love, um, I think this one is worth watching just for the visuals of it. That yeah. garden he's sitting in in the backyard, like a completely wild garden. It looks awesome. That's it what does. I want my backyard to look like someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to ask you, Tess, like you've got the new house now. Did your um, your compost make it over to the new place? Like are, are the neighbors going to be judging it with a nice compost bin out in the back? Or what's going on over there? Oh, I got the bin for sure, Skeets. Yeah, that is no good. Doubt. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I blessed my land, my prior land, my my old home with uh, with my old dirt, though. I mean, it was a bit of a uh, it was it was a little bit of work taking out all the dirt from my compost bin and spreading it on the land. But my land was very happy with me after I, after I did. And I did. I, I'm not sure. I've got to ask uh, Mr. Finley about this because I, I stuck my hand in there uh, into my compost barehanded because I was an idiot. Uh, just my, I was just too lazy to go grab my gloves. And I literally, I felt something like poke both my fingers. And I thought, okay, 
Okay. I don't know what what an eggshell perhaps. Mm. Uh, but then then literally it happened on my other hand. I'm like, this is weird. This is just weird. I do break down my eggshells. I think the compost was so on fire. It gets so hot that it literally burnt me because then I had Whoa. blisters. It gets so hot. It literally, uh, Mr. Finley, I wonder how hot does that get? I think the, the process in there uh, could be like super duper hot because, yeah, I had blisters on all my fingers. Uh, <laughs> it's really weird. It was really, really weird. Ron Finley, too. Bit of a renaissance man because I was reading up on him. He was like a fashion designer for like professional athletes <laughs> in wow, addition really? to doing all this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No clue. He's a swerve, isn't it? Yeah, I know. This guy can do it all. He's literally <laughs> the master of masterclass. When you, yeah, when that you one, really that one's so it. good. Yeah, well, highly recommend that one. It is uh, fantastic stuff. Okay, so that is uh, what I learned uh, this week in masterclass. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night. 
keeping it simple because we talked on yesterday's show about uh, all the earned edition jerseys, and one of them was the Miami Heat one. We talked about that. We were down on it. Tass just talked that he doesn't mind uh, the jersey that much. But we got into the gray jerseys at one point, and I love this tweet from Larry Fisherman at Yacker. This is who the NBA is designing gray jerseys for. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's a dog looking at that gray Clippers jersey. And I was howling at this tweet. I thought it was so damn funny. Uh, I, I just I actually have a lot of questions about this photo, but uh, we'll save it for another day. But yeah, this dog is designing these gray jerseys. What do you think about those ones, Tass? You, are you a fan of the, especially that Clippers one? You know... The mannequin is so important, I think, on these jerseys. They make them look so good. That, that tall, strapping mannequin. It's like any jersey would look good on the... On the I don't know. I, didn't, I, I think they're getting better with the lighting and the photos. Like, I didn't hate it. I think on, the court, I, think on the court I would hate it. I, I know. I don't like gray jerseys either. Um, but I don't know. You get a cute dog in a photo. I don't know, man. I don't <laughs> the know. dog helps. The, the dog, dog does help. He's dog definitely it. helps. But yeah, Blazers it. wore their uh, grays last night. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were as gray looking as they were going to be. Yeah. That was one of the better gray jerseys, I thought, <laughs> yeah. that we've seen now, having seen it on the court. Uh, previous, I would probably remember the, uh, the Nets wore a gray one that had sleeves back in the day that looked like a Brooklyn Dodgers uniform. It just just looks so sweaty. You got to go really light gray, yeah. I do believe. That was the key with the Blazers. And that's the thing. I will admit that you see the photos of the jerseys, be it on the mannequin or not, and you're like, okay, you have a reaction to it. Like, oh, I hate these. I like these, whatever. You, you do have to see them on the court against another team's color palette with the lights uh, and of course, with you know, with the shorts if you can, and the, and the whole look, and then you sometimes change your opinion a little bit on them. Uh, that that's fair, um, but I love that. Great stuff, Larry Fisherman, with tweet of the night. All right, pick them results Thanks, from last night. Uh, Celtics Nets. Nets were wearing their new earned edition jerseys. I thought they looked pretty good. Uh, I had yeah, no, I I like problems great. with those, uh, and they got the victory as we talked about. Kyrie taking over with the forty points. So that's a win for Trey, a win for Lee, a win for me, uh, and I desperately needed that. Tass gets his first L in the month of March, but he still leads the way. Tass is five and one. Trey's four and two. Lee is three and three, and I'm two and four. What's tonight's game, Tass? Nuggets versus the Grizzlies. Two teams. Feeling good about themselves. Mm. This is game five of a West Coast trip, or five of a, a road trip for the Denver Nuggets. They've won their first four on the trip. Well, Memphis, they played on Wednesday in that opening night after uh, the All-Star break, and they got a win against the Washington Wizards. So Denver hot, feeling good, but the, it's a long time ago. Can they keep mm-hmm. it up uh, against the Grizzlies, who are plus three and a half? They, they can lose by three points and still... Uh, get you the victory here so denver at memphis plus three and a half skis why don't you get us started this one's tough because i think both of these teams that we as we talked about yesterday too are are primed to go on a bit of a second half run here i have high hopes for both of these teams nuggets to the nugget nuggets the nuggets to climb up the rankings uh in terms of the western conference and then the grizzlies to uh, of course like get into the playoffs I, I think the Grizzlies are being slept on so I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies to at least cover uh, in a close game give me Memphis Trey what do you think I'm going to go the opposite of Skeets because he took the Grizzlies as his second half team I took the Nuggets as my second <laughs> half team and it's their first game back give me Denver perfect, perfect. Lee 
I too will take the Nuggets in this one. I think uh, it is going to be a close game, but four points I think favours Denver enough. So I will take Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, and hopefully my man Fakundu is back. <laughs> did you see that we pulled the Campazo on I the Top did. Shot Hot Boys I yesterday? I did, I did. You're trying to reel me into the Top Shot Ooh. Hot Boys, man. Oh, that could wow. do it. <laughs> wow, a special, a special moment. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Tass? That was a great get app between Fa and Kundo. Right? <laughs> uh, I will go with the opposite of Lee. Uh, I like the Grizzlies. Okay. Why, why not? They, they now have 39 games and 66 nights. Whoa, is that a lot? Whoa. I mean, I guess it is. It's hard to Start to wrap your head around those big numbers. Five and seven, I understand. Yep. But, but everybody talking about Grizzlies and the Spurs, 40 games in 68 nights. Uh, so now 39 and 66. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough sled. Got to get these wins in early. Give me a Grizz. You know what though? They're a young squad. So you know, if anyone could maybe, uh, you, you know, not run the gauntlet or anything like that, but play a lot of games in a short time, if you get all your healthy guys, if you get all your guys back, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. would be big. They need him back in the mix. Yeah, what's up awesome. with Jaron Jackson Jr.? I, yeah. I, I do not know. It's kind of long soon. It's got to be soon that he would be coming back. Um, I got, I got, again, I got faith in the Grizzlies here to uh, do something special here in the second half. Okay, so we're split on that one, right? Tass, you mm-hmm. and I got the Grizzlies. Keep it close enough, and. Uh, these guys, Trey and Lee, have the Nuggets to win by four. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Good luck to me. Okay, let's end this uh, drop podcast with a little rapid fire fun. Rapid fire fun. Here we go. First one. Current Raptors legend Kyle Lowry said this week that no matter where his basketball career takes him over the next few seasons, he will retire as a member of the Toronto Raptors. He can't quit Toronto. What's something you can't quit? JD. Hmm. Um, I can't seem to quit Star Wars. Hmm. You know, <laughs> it's been pretty mediocre for the past third. Well, since Empire Strikes Back, really. But <laughs> thirty years, you know, yeah, thirty, 30 years time. or so. <laughs> but you know, I, I still, I watch. I'll, you know, I watched all of the Mandalorian. I'll watch and anything that they put out. I'll put. I'll watch. I'm going to go see uh, any movie, anything to do with Star Wars, I'm going to watch. And I, I just can't seem to quit it. Mm. I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe because it was like the first movie where, where I was like, ooh, this is like, this is awesome. But I was five, you know, when I saw it. <laughs> Same reason so. I haven't been able to stop watching Sesame Street. <laughs> Every single year, another yeah. one. It's crazy. Uh, are you feeling the Adam Driver era of Star Wars as his, with him as one of the main villains? I mean, I, I was fine with it. I was, yeah, it was a, it was okay, I guess. But I don't know. And when it, it like, I'll see them and I'll go, that was amazing. And then I'll sort of stop and think about it and go, was it though? <laughs> was it amazing? Not really, but you know. Okay. It's like, Cobra, Kai. You know. It's like yeah. Cobra Kai, JD. I'm watching it because I love the Karate Kids, but it's not that good. It's not that good. <laughs> But I'll keep watching it every time I pop out a series. But it's on. <laughs> it's amazing to you, JD. It's amazing to you, right? Mm, That's I all. suppose, I suppose. All right, Trey, what's something you can't quit? I think it was February 12th that that video of the guy singing Jack and Diane, but every lyric is sucking on a chili dog came out. <laughs> yep. um, and since then, it's been exactly a month, and I've called my kids chili dogs for the entire time <laughs> since then. Dad, why do you call us chili dogs? 
Because you're chili dogs. Because I, I don't really want them to be walking around just saying sucking on a chili dog. So I don't go into the full explanation. But uh, it's a great name for your kids. And I actually just heard Jack and Diane on the radio for the first time since I heard this. And when you finally hear it again, it's just going to make you laugh. It's going to make you laugh. You'll never sing it the same uh, after hearing that guy. He killed it. All right, Skeets, what's something you can't quit? It's... uh. Well, I was going to say unfortunately, but that's not true. Uh, it's wrestling. I just, I know, I, I always just got to keep my eye on it. I got to I gotta listen to my Masked Man podcast. I got to maybe, you know, watch an odd uh, legal stream of a pay-per-view here or there. Mm-hmm. I'm not watching it at all otherwise. It's just the weirdest thing. But I like, you know, I'm reading a blog or two about it. I just can't quit it. I just have to know enough that I can then jump back in at any point and sort of have a good idea of where, uh, where we're at in terms of like... Uh, you know, heels and baby faces and all that. So it's wrestling. All right. I love it. I who love it. Who won the enough. Royal Rumble? Uh, who won the Royal Rumble? Great question. I watched it and I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> uh, who was it in the, the next one? I don't know. Was it the Miz? <laughs> I, he just won the. I don't know. I don't know. He just won. Miz had the know. title and he's Bobby Lashley had, now has it. I forget who won the. Bobby one. Lashley. They put the strap on Bobby Lashley. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. Roman Reigns. Oh, Edge. Yes. Oh, that Edge. was a weird one. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Roman Good old Reigns. Canadian boy. Edge. Good job. Nice. Good job. Stream nice. team coming nice. through. Whoa, John Schumann. <laughs> Schumann. Yeah, Schumann. He keeps Edge. his eye on wrestling. Yeah. yeah, he can't quit it either. No, he can't. Stream teamers coming through. Actually, a, a comment I wanted to include from the stream team: something that Sep B can't quit is weed. Weed, uh, and that, that made me think. Uh, our, our movers that we just had, uh, part of the pitch that the the person who is uh, that we you know made the request to uh, for our movers was said, "Oh yeah, you got to come with our company. Uh, our guys are all drug tested." I'm like, okay. I don't care if they're drug tested. Anyway, uh, so afterwards, they moved everything out. I'm cleaning up. I see a little piece of paper that says Perp B 3.5 grams. <laughs> like, okay, is this a plant? <laughs> it's like a request. Like a request for 3.5 grams of weed that one of these guys dropped. Very funny. Very, very funny. Perp B. Anyway. But they did a great job. Yeah. Oh, they did not bat a thousand percent. A couple things were lost. One thing oh, was lost. broken. Oh, yeah. yeah, so oh, weird. And we got an extra table from somebody else. Some random, like a what? little, <laughs> like a little tiny side table showed up. <laughs> smoking too much. They got bonus table showing up. It, it is like it is actually like a perfect smoking. Table. It's like you would put cigars on it, too. Oh, maybe it's, it was theirs. Keep it in the truck, too. No, it's the weirdest thing. It's, like, got the diameter of, like, six inches. It's like a tiny table. It's, like, so tiny. It's a long... It's tall. It's, like, four feet tall, but it's got, like, the tiniest top. Like, you could fit, like... Uh, a tub of yogurt on it. It sounds something. like the thing from the Hamaker Slim. Totally, yeah. You can put your mug on. The, oh, the... right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the same thing. It's oh, like it's a tiny weed table. It's a tiny little weed table. That's, yeah, it could. Uh, Set B said maybe it's a table for rolling joints. Lol. Yep. Yep. Uh, right next to the t- I love it. But it's gonna fall over. Like it's it's just, it's not made. Like, you know, it's like. Well, top heavy. It's very top heavy. It's just too tiny. There's not enough of a base. <laughs> anyway, uh, next one here. So the slam dunk contest happened at All Star Weekend. It was kind of entertaining, and then it was over. It was quick. 
It wasn't bad, it just wasn't all that memorable. What's something that was mildly amusing at the time, but you barely remember it now? JD. Um, Bike Baron. Remember oh, Bike Baron? Bike Baron was the jam. Love yeah. that game. Yeah, I mean, that was, I guess, I, I think it was 2011, because I remember playing it nonstop when we were on the No Season Required mm-hmm, Tour. Yeah. So, obsessed with that game. And I haven't played it, I don't think, since 2011. Right. I barely remember, you know, the the paths or any of the uh, the tricks of the trade, you know. Uh, I remember it being really fun, but it was just, it was weird to be so into something and then it was just completely gone. Completely oh, gone. We were so into it. Matty O and I, we would like share texts back and forth, like how to beat <laughs> levels and like, oh, I found this YouTube video, a trick here to get the motorcycle up onto this. And like, uh, that was a great game. Does it still exist? Bike Baron? It was an iPhone. I don't know. Yeah. Great question. I've definitely this? seen variations of it, like uh, dirt bike, like on PlayStation and stuff, you know, like uh, same physics. You know, yeah. but not the same, not the same guy on the little moped, you know. Oh, like, was there uh, a little dog or cat on the back of his bike, too? It, well, there was a cat. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's bear. still around in skeets, I got to say. The bike baron kind of looks like you. What? Wow, you got a really? nice little beard going on right now. This could literally be you if you get a like a shearling lined leather jacket. Okay. Uh, yeah, bike baron still in the mix. Incredible. 4.4. Stars. Maybe they released a new one. Oh, yeah. I'm looking it up. All I'm right. playing it's Bike back. Baron. Bike Baron is back, yep. baby. All right, Trey. Something mildly amusing at the time, but you barely remember it. Tiger King came out a year ago this week. The only thing I remember is that it starred Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin. What did they do? I don't know. <laughs> no, literally no idea. It's like the hottest show in the world for uh, the month of March last year, basically. Yeah. And now, like, I'll see a meme pop up every once in a while. I think uh, Alex Wong recently posted the one where he's like, I'll never financially recover from this. (laughs) What was that scene? (laughs) Literally, what was that scene? What was he not financially recovering from? Maybe maybe the tiger biting the woman in the cage? I don't know. Don't know, but I was in. I watched the the reunion special with... Joel McHale. Joel McHale, yeah, from his bed, basically, right? (laughs) Yep, totally in, but what happened? Are they going to do a sequel? Tiger and the Kings? Whatever, I don't know. I think the guy just got out, right? Joe Exotic, I think, got out. Did he? Uh, He was expecting a big big something or another, a big hullabaloo for him getting out. He had a limo to take him home from jail. But, uh, yeah, he's still out there. Guess he maybe will run for president again here in not too long. (laughs) So, run it back. There was some crazy characters in that. Now I start, like, I forgot about, you just remind me of the woman that didn't have an arm. Because, like, a tiger ripped off her arm. She still worked there. Loved it. Oh, my God. She loved it too much. I think that guy, like, somebody gets shot in it, right? Suddenly, like, it's really sad, right? Or no, he kills, I guess, kills kills himself himself in front of the guy. He kills himself. Yeah. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Tiger King. That was, was a that, year ago. Was that one of his uh, his partners? One of his yep. lovers? Yeah, so. that's right. Yep. Because wow. he went through a few, didn't he? Uh, all right. Uh, something yeah, mildly a guy amusing. without a leg, somebody said? My God. <laughs> yeah, he's got like bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of characters. A lot <laughs> happened in Tiger King. I remember no, at the so time, it was like, everyone's like, oh man, there's a lot going on on this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what happened though? <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. Um, I guess similar to JD, but I'm going much further back. Uh, mildly amusing at the time, but I barely remember it now. Rock Band. 
There was a you know there was a summer of rock band. I'm convinced like everybody had one summer of rock band if you're old enough where it was like the biggest game. Uh, and people are like bringing it to parties and bringing it to college <laughs> weekends and everybody's loving it. And uh, you know you get the drum kit and along with the guitar and stuff like that. Yeah, but uh you know what happened to that? Just like it was gone. It was yeah. here then it was gone. And it was it was uh, it lived a uh, it burned bright. <laughs> yeah, so, it did. That's my answer. You think if you plugged one in, uh, if somebody had a garage or a, a rock band and said, "Here, fire it up, play it," do you think you would have the muscle memory to be, you know, like kill the solo on "Carry On My Wayward Son"? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> You're hitting the tremolo bar. Yeah. Somebody said Guitar points. Hero was always better. I mean, it's the same thing. What are you talking about? I guess it's different I songs. I do think the guitar was the best part. I oh, mean, guitar playing the drums was fun, but the for guitar sure. was the best part for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the singing was always bogus, remember? Yeah. Like, you didn't yeah. even need to sing the lyrics. You could just, like, sort of, like, hum along as long as you sort of, like, I don't know, registered it at the right time. It felt like <laughs> totally. uh, you could hit it. But it was when fun. The be- I remember when the Beatles one came out. I was so excited for that one. And they always would give you, if you're the singer, they give you bonus points for, like, ad-libbing during certain right, uh, moments. Right. <laughs> so every time. Every time there was an ad lib in that one, I would just say, The Beatles! <laughs> it's like 4X, yeah! The Beatles! <laughs> oh, man. I think I just was reminded of it, too, because uh, it was probably like a House of Highlights Instagram where it's like just showing people doing crazy things, like people doing Rubik's Cubes, like blindfolded and stuff like that. And there's one where, like, the guy is like just shredding. I think it's Guitar Hero, like the toughest level at, the, at 150 speed or whatever it is. Yeah. And it is like, and there's like just a, his like girlfriend just sitting right beside him. Like he obviously <laughs> does this all the time. She seems to be like, I guess they're live streaming or they're on Twitch or something. He's just like going crazy. I'm like, oh, the hand moving around. It's like a full conversation. Just learn the guitar, man, at that I point, guess. right? I mean, got, you got a guitar, haven't you, though? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. No, don't worry, I'm not getting back into rock band or guitar. <laughs> but uh, you do ever hear, like, the song, like, on the radio, you'll hear a song, you're like, oh, it does take you back to Guitar Hero or yeah. rock band. You're like, oh, yeah, this was great. Oh, I killed blue, this Blue, red, solo. green, red, blue, red, yeah. green, red. <laughs> oh, okay. so good. Last one here. I'll take you back. One year. We just passed the one-year anniversary of the league shutdown due to the pandemic. On March 11th, 2020, the Jazz's Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID-19 just days after touching reporters' mics, making a joke of it. And Donovan Mitchell didn't talk to Rudy for weeks. Remember that. Things seemed unsalvageable in Utah. Now, they're first in the West. And in an article on The Athletic this week, Mitchell said... You look at the level that guys are playing at now, that is a product of that drama. All right. When's the time you were part of a similar turnaround, J.D.? Yeah, listen, uh, I came into this show horribly unprepared, and <laughs> I uh, I managed to squeak out the first two answers. <laughs> but I And I was working on this answer, but I'm, I'm sorry, Tass, but I'm going off the board here because okay. I want to go through... A bunch of headbands that uh, I've been staring at Lee. He's got, if you're listening, he's got a MacGyvered. Uh, his headphones fell apart, and he's using a 
little strap of something. So I just want to go through maybe a little a top five of sorts of, uh, okay. you know, head, head headbands that it reminded me of. Okay. Number five is oh, yes. uh, Johnny Lawrence. Yes, I'll take that one. From Cobra Kai, speaking of Cobra yeah. Kai. Uh, uh, number four is yeah, Richie Tannenbaum. Richie. It was a great character from the Royal Tannenbaums. Of course, there's uh, Olivia oh, Newton-John. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, so I was looking for something that matched the uh, the thinness of it, mm. and I was like, "Where have I seen that before?" And then Boogie Nights, uh, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> as Dirk Dangler. You got a Dirk Dangler hanging off the side of your head right there. <laughs> and at number one, uh, this is a deep cut, but uh, I, it reminded me of this. It's from Staying Alive. It's. Uh, Tony Monero and his dancing partner from Staying Alive. I can't remember the character's name. So it's uh, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. I think her name might have been Jackie or Fiona or something. But uh, anyway, shout out to your headband and shout out to your <laughs> headphones. And I apologize, Tess. I did not have an, an answer. For <laughs> That's well, JD, uh, the thing that you <clears throat> that seemed unsalvageable for you is that this insane there. Ribbit, ribbit. There's a frog in there. Um, yeah, the thing that was unsalvageable seemed unsalvageable for you is the start of this show. Things not looking good, but then you oh. just turned it around. Oh wow! Well, just we'll like see. That. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll find out. Uh, Trey, <laughs> what do you got? Oh, the Bulls being back is by far my favorite comeback of recent times. It's become a meme, guys. I say it. But the Bulls started 0-3 this year. I was sad, very sad. The year turned to 2021, though. I said, time to change your face, be happy, pure positivity. And the Bulls are good now. They're at least good, and it's been a long time since they've been relevant. Uh, I started working with y'all right before the 2010 season. Great season for the Bulls, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, then moved up to Toronto 2011. Skeets, you remember we saw Derrick Rose yep. blow out his knee for the very first time at my place. Mm, very sad. So I'm actually grateful, though, that the Bulls are finally at least trying to get back into the playoff picture here because Isla is six years old, which is how old I was when the Bulls won their first title. So I know that she's going to remember stuff about this Bulls season somewhere, sometime in the future for her. So I'm happy that uh, I can at least tell her about good things that are happening with Chicago rather than a bad season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's a, a little vulnerability for you there. I'm, I'm in it for my kids, man. I love the Bulls being back for my little babies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skeets, what do you got? Uh, I would say this show, you know, similar turnaround. Because I was just on the uh, Deuce and Mo podcast the other day. Shout out to those guys. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And I had a blast talking to them. Uh, they're based in Sacramento. They talk about the Kings, unfortunately, a lot. Uh, uh, they got excited <laughs> like I did about the Kings early in the season. And they've uh, fallen back to earth. But uh, nice win last night. But anyway, I was asked. Uh, Deuce asked me, you know, like, back in the day, did you guys, you know, you were grinding those first four years, not getting paid doing the show. when we were the basketball Jones. Did you ever think of quitting? And I was like, oh, my God. We thought of stopping all the time. Like, what, what are we doing here? We're not making a buck off this. You know, numbers are low, blah, blah, blah. Um, but fortunately, I said, there was always somebody in the mix, you know, when it was just Task JD and I, that was always like, no, no, no. You know, let's uh, let's keep riding this out. It's, it's going to click. Somebody's going to see it. The right person's going to see it. We're going to turn this into a profession. Uh, and just luckily, not all three of us were like on the same down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, on that on that wave, there was always someone positive, Pete, and you needed that of the three. So I would say that a big turnaround. And if we had ever been all on that, like, uh, uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> we're not getting paid. What are we doing? Well, then we probably would have stopped the show. 
But uh, luckily we weren't. Kept it positive back then even, Trey. That's right. 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, let's call it. Um, So, yeah. But uh, that would be my answer. Uh, what a turnaround. Look at us now. Just back to podcasting <laughs> like we were on uh, Skype. We went from Skype to StreamYard, baby. Printing t-shirts. <laughs> from Skype to StreamYard. 15 years of basketball jokes with your buds. There it is. There There's it is. The There's the title of the book. Yeah, I love it. So that is Rapid Fire. That's the Drop Podcast. That was a long one, talking a lot of Hall of Fame, getting to the games, worst of the week. But thank you so much for joining us, especially... You people in the stream team right now, special shout out to you. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Leave your five-star ratings and reviews if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You know, jump the gun. Get ahead of the curve there for Five Star Friday when we get into April. New-ish No Dunks items available at NoDunks.com. We got the big beef shirt. Trey was showing it off on our Instagram account yesterday. You're just boxing out everything. When you got got a box shot, you put on that shirt and instantly you just want to put a body on somebody yeah. or something. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, back in the college days, every year we would have box out week where it was just uh, trying to catch your friends off guard with a serious box out. Wow. You know, really getting that center of gravity low into your buddy's legs and pushing them out of the way at the omelet station. So Okay, well, I mean, yeah. imagine you we had the shirts back big then. Beef. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you yep. get a big beef shirt. We got the Top Shot Hot Boy shirt. We got a bunch of No Ducks items. So go to hoodies and t-shirts and shorts and mugs. Go to nodunks.com, rep the brand, and treat yourself to an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. You can sign up for still just $3.99 a month for the best sports writing in the world. Yeah, you've heard me. It's incredible just the uh, the amount of talent that The Athletic has uh, it, with, the, with the written word. They don't need Grammarly, these people. I'll tell you that. They're just experts, all of these uh, reporters and writers. So go get that, theathletic.com slash nodunk, so they know that we sent you. All right, Trey, you're off next week, my man. That's right. I'm yeah. out of here. Where, where are you Ripping going? some lips? Hopefully. I mean, hopefully I can rip some lips. Uh, we rented a house that we're driving to in Florida. So, okay. I mean, the, the main draw for us is a private heated pool. Ooh. Girls want to get some swimming in. So, yeah. Seaball season starts tomorrow. Okay. Oh, tomorrow. Wow. Oh, you're heading tomorrow. Look at this mm-hmm. guy. I love it. Okay, so we'll, we'll uh, unless something crazy happens, uh, you, you take that week off. You enjoy your time off in the pool. Get your, get your laps in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come back with some jacked <laughs> shoulders. And you best believe, though, Skeets, I'm taking this here laptop, this orange microphone. Somebody grabs 20 rebounds. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Wow. <laughs> the beef's flying off the shelves. How many, how many big beefs will there be while you're away on vacation? How many times will you have to uh, cut, the, two. cut the pack? Two, two. beefs. Oh, yeah, right. two beefs. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, people are saying you're, in, you're going to Florida. Please stay safe out there. Yeah, just yes, he's not going to leave his compound or whatever his place, his house. <laughs> yeah, I'm planning on not seeing anyone else. Uh, fair, fair. <laughs> so. All right. Well, enjoy your time off. Uh, Tassie, I know you'll be jumping on for a lot more of the uh, daily podcast along with what you need to know. So, guys, subscribe to us on uh, whatever podcast uh, feed or platform, I guess, you use. And uh, make sure you subscribe again on No Dunks YouTube channel. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. This is uh, this is a bit deep in, in, in No Dunks, the starter's lore, but uh, for those two beefs that are grabbed, we're going to name them Beefy and Beefu. <laughs> is that what their names were? <laughs> <laughs> is that right, Lily? That's correct. Very right. good. Good we, memory. We will show you that photo on Monday, so that all makes sense for everybody. Uh, embrace the weekend, people.